Welcome to the Spiritual Advantage Podcast, where we discuss how to make a maximum impact with our lives by fulfilling our divine dreams with divine favor, like the great men and women of faith throughout history. I'm Sam Stone, the Light Keeper. You are the light of the world, and I am the keeper. No pun intended. Let's begin. You're getting a black belt and becoming a spiritual warrior after this step that I called endurance. If you have followed the series and practiced the steps to heaven on earth, you are at the highest point of spiritual fitness, enlightenment, which we discussed last week. However, enlightenment is not the final step for the spiritual warriors. The reason is we live in a world of darkness. When you shine your light into the dark, you disturb the evil force, and it will try to take you down and put you out. An enlightened person is a threat to the dark society in this fallen world. For example, Abraham Lincoln shined his bright light into the darkness of his days, and he was assassinated. Martin Luther King Jr. shined his bright light into the darkness of the injustice. He was murdered. Jesus Christ, the light of the world, was crucified. There are uncountable examples like these in human history. Jesus said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, Luke 13, 34. A prophet is someone who enlightens the society of their time. They are what Jesus called peacemakers. If a holy place like Jerusalem cannot contain the prophets, don't expect the rest of the world to be better. I don't mean every peacemaker or enlightener will have the same fate as the above-mentioned saints and prophets. I'm just highlighting some extreme cases to demonstrate the nature of the beast. You must be aware of that this dark and fallen world does not welcome your light. So the path after enlightenment is as rough as the path before it. That's why Jesus said you must carry the cross daily to follow him. If you want a comfortable life, go with the flow of the fallen world. It means that if you get up in the morning and find your life running smoothly, you may be heading the wrong way. The brighter you shine, the more likely you are persecuted by the dark forces. Jesus doesn't want us to be like a straw fire that flame out in a short moment but he wants you to shine forever. He said, And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, John 15, 16. To bear lasting fruit means to shine your light for eternity. So he offers us the blessing of endurance. The good news is that his method of endurance is quite easy. Before we continue, let's refresh our memory of the eight steps to heaven on earth. They form the acrostic carefree, C for consciousness, abandonment, reliance, edification, forbearance, refinement, enlightenment, and endurance. Jesus has taught us a very simple way to sustain your success as a peacemaker or enlightener. So today let's explore this secret of endurance through today's scripture lesson. 
Hi, in case we haven't met yet, I'm Sam Stone, the light keeper. You are the light of the world, and I am the keeper. No pun intended. It's my calling to help you shine your brightest, so that God is glorified in you, and you are satisfied in God. Today we'll focus on the eighth blessing in the Beatitudes. It's from the Gospel according to Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 to 12. Listen to the word of the Lord. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for there is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Matthew 5, 10 to 12. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Unlike the previous seven blessings, where Jesus spoke only one verse for each of them, this last blessing has three verses. It signifies how important endurance is. So let's learn the secret of endurance based on this blessing. Jesus revealed to us three simple principles of endurance. The first principle is rejoice. Jesus says, rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. Verse 12, does it sound strange that Jesus wants you to rejoice during suffering? A while back, a group of psychologists in England questioned Jesus' sanity because some of Jesus' teachings seemed unreasonable. They believed Jesus was mentally ill because of the sayings like this, asking people to rejoice in persecution. Who in the right mind would teach people to rejoice in persecution? It sounds masochism. Even some Christians do not understand these teachings and avoid reading or talking about them. Can you rejoice during adversity? Is it reasonable at all to rejoice at times like these? Is it a mental illness to rejoice in hardship? What would you do? If you were Martin Luther King Jr. during the Civil Rights Movement, you knew you were doing God's will, but uh, people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely, what would you do? Would you retaliate with anger, hold grudges, withdraw, or give up? None of these helps because that is what the persecutors want you to feel. But Jesus wants you to rejoice instead. In other words, you must not lose your sense of humor. Of course, you're not rejoicing for your own suffering, but you are rejoicing for doing the right things. You are draining the swamp with your enlightenment. So when the swamp snakes try to bite you, you know you are doing the right thing. Therefore, you can rejoice because the evil is against you, not God is against you. It is the intention of the darkness that wants you to lose your joy. The moment you lose your joy, they win and you lose. The first principle to win against evil is rejoice. Your joy could trigger their curiosity about Christ too. They will see your joy and wonder, what kind of people is it that they are able to rejoice even in persecution? Peter said, who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? 
But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, reveal Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. 1 Peter 3, 13 to 15. Your joy can trigger their curiosity, and they will ask you to give the reason for the hope you have. So be prepared to answer their questions. Jesus said, Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. Your hope also comes from knowing that your reward is great in heaven. How do you rejoice? One of the ways to rejoice is by singing. The psalmist frequently encourage you to sing and make a joyful noise to the Lord. You don't have to have a great voice to sing. Psalm 100 says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with joy. Come into his presence with singing. Psalm 101 and 2. Can you make a joyful noise? Of course you can. Even pigs can make a joyful noise when they eat. When you sing to the Lord, no matter what kind of voice you have, it's music to God's ear. It says, when you sing, you come to God's presence. King David also says, at the Lord's presence, there is fullness of joy. So the result is that you have joy in your heart by singing. Joy is one of the characters of the fruit of the Spirit. When you rejoice in the Lord, the Holy Spirit is with you. You are at God's presence, and it expels the evil spirit of persecution from affecting you. You must rejoice always, not just in good times, but also in bad times. You know that Paul was in prison when he wrote the following verses. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I would say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 4-7. He asks you to rejoice. You also need to be gentle. That means do not retaliate because the Lord will settle the account with them soon. And we must not worry. Instead of worrying, pray about everything. The more you pray, the less you worry because worrying cannot solve any problem. Through prayers, you invite the indescribable peace of God into your heart and it will guard your mind in Christ Jesus. So the first secret of endurance is rejoice and maintain your sense of humor. The second principle of endurance is reflect. Jesus then says, For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Verse 12b. The prophets are the peacemakers of their times. If they were persecuted, can you be an exception? There's nothing new under the sun when it comes to attacking godly people. They have done it in the past and do it in the present and future as well. If you want to endure the hardship, you need to reflect your motive. Why do you want to enlighten the world? 
Do you expect your enlightenment will give you positive returns on your investment? If so, you'll be greatly disappointed. Many people believe in karma. What goes around comes around and expect their good deeds will bring them equivalent returns or even better returns. The concept of karma may encourage good deeds, but karma is simplistic and unrealistic. Here's why. Confucius said, a good deeds with an ulterior motive has an evil seed. You have an ulterior motive if you do good deeds for good karma. Your intention is no longer clean because your good deeds becomes transactional rather than transformational. Instead, choose to do good with grace. Grace is good deeds without a motive, and it's transformational. Grace is light. Enlightenment is all about receiving grace and giving grace. Your grace is what makes you a peacemaker. You have heard the saying, no good deeds goes unpunished. That is the reality of this fallen world. When you are punished for your good deeds, your light is put to the test. It's time for you to reflect on whether you shine your light out of grace or with an ulterior motive. The human minds tend to be transactional. So your grace might dry out when you see what goes around does not come around. In that case, Jesus wants you to remind you that you are not alone. He wants you to remember the prophets of the past, which will strengthen your mind and give you endurance. In fact, there is a cloud of witnesses before us. The Bible says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Hebrews 12, 1-3. The word endure is mentioned three times in this passage. Where do you find the story of these witnesses? In the Bible, of course. That is why if you read the Bible regularly, you will find that nothing is new under the sun, and it will help you endure adversity with the wisdom of the ages. If you cannot rejoice in persecution, you need this third principle, reform. Sometimes adversity can shake you into a higher level of consciousness and lead you to another cycle of growth. Remember that consciousness is the first step to heaven on earth. It doesn't mean that we start all over, but uh, we go through a new upward cycle of growth to a higher level of spiritual warriorship. It's like after getting the first black belt in karate, you enter the Dan level black belt. It's also called a degree black belt. First degree black belt, second degree black belt, up to the 10th degree known as Judan. The point is, 
even though you start a new cycle of learning, you don't go back to the original white belt. Coincidentally, the Japanese word for ninja, or in Chinese, renzhi, means endurer, a person who endures. Many people think ninja means sneaky warriors, but uh, it literally means someone who endures. So I can say that you are now at the level of spiritual ninja. Another analogy Jesus often used for spiritual growth is from a seed to a fruitful tree. In this analogy, you can compare the cycle of spiritual growth to tree rings. Do you know that each ring of the tree not only represents a cycle of growth, but also the condition of growth? Each tree ring has information about the weather condition and other environmental data of that cycle. It means each cycle is unique. If the ring is thin and tight, that means the tree had been through rough weather. If it is thick and smooth, it had been through a fair weather. A tree ring expert can look at the ring and tell you the story of that year. Do you know how old the oldest tree in the world is? The world's oldest living tree is 9,550 years old, discovered in Sweden. The rings of the tree must be able to tell a lot of environmental stories. Of course, I hope we never have to cut it down to study it. Your life story is also stored in your cycle of growth, sometimes rough and sometimes smooth, but every cycle is a blessing. Jesus said, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, Matthew 5.10. Notice the reword, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Does it sound familiar? It is the same reword as the first blessing. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5.3 What is the kingdom of heaven? Jesus has used many parables to describe the kingdom of heaven. In one of them, he says, the kingdom of God is like a merchant who has discovered a pearl of great price that he will sell everything to buy it. That means you discover that the kingdom of God is like a treasure worth sacrificing everything else because having it solves other problems. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. Matthew 6, 33. Jesus revealed to us that the kingdom of God is worth everything you have. It's worth enduring the storms of adversity. With each cycle of growth, your light will shine brighter and broader. You will discover that every step is a blessing. With this, we finish the interpretation of the eight blessings known as the Beatitudes from Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount. I hope you will review it frequently and follow these steps to live your life in the upward spiral of blessings. That's it for today. I hope you find this message illuminating as much as I enjoy receiving it from the head office. Until we meet again, keep your light shining brighter and broader and harvest the fruit of profound happiness. Amen. Bye now. Thank you for listening. If you would like to maximize your life and leadership by unlocking your spiritual advantage, 
please feel free to direct message me on Twitter at Samuel Stone or visit SamuelStone.com. I'm looking forward to talking with you. See you on the next episode. Bye now.